Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to episode 57 or 58 or 59 or who the heck even knows. We'll figure that out at a later date. 56. 56, according to Drew, 57, 52. according to Sam, and uh, probably 112 if you're tired of listening to us by now. But apparently you're not because the numbers look good and we can't thank you enough for that. So, hey, I am Sam with Fowler Consulting. And I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And we are going to do episode whatever the heck number it is today. And uh, we're super excited because we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. And that's pizza. It's a pizza. It's a pizza. Mamma mia pizza pie. It's a pizza. It's a pizza. Mamma mia pizza pie. Should we talk about pizza? I mean... You think we're going to talk about pizza, but I have ulterior motives, Sam. Well, um, since this is my 56th, 57th or 58th rodeo, I realize that you occasionally make left hand turns from the right hand lane and I am buckled up and ready to go. Four lanes of interstate. Let's go. Let's do it. So, uh, Lucas, drop us a sound bite. Do we say let's have the same thing we had yesterday? It's a pizza, it's a pizza, mamma mia, pizza pie. It's a pizza, it's a pizza, mamma mia, pizza pie. It's a pizza, it's a pizza, mamma mia, pizza pie. It's a pizza, it's a pizza, mamma mia, pizza. So, Drew, Damn. pizza, this is what I've been telling folks in our workshops that I've had lately, and that is we talked about shiny new things a few episodes ago, and I think we are amazing at talking about rolling out and training shiny new things. You think about things like load and go, cutting edge, and you know, back when we had digital shoulder surfing rollout and the driver app and you know, I think we jumped all over those things really, really well. And we got the teams on board and they started executing at a high level. And I'm just really proud to be part of a brand that is really good at changing on the fly and being agents of change. The thing that's um, kind of got me worried a little bit is, uh, you know, I ordered pizza twice in the last couple of weeks from different markets around the country. It doesn't really matter where they were from. I would say that neither one of those experiences were stellar when it comes to product. And Drew, Domino's Pizza is a restaurant, isn't it? They call themselves stores, but yes, it is. And restaurants serve food, don't they? Generally, yes. So for me, you know, we've got a couple of places here in Dexter that I wouldn't say are necessarily the cleanest places in town, but the food is really good. So I go back. And I think that you've been to A&W again, haven't you? Yeah, that's just terrible, Sam. <laughs> hey, give me a ah. give me a black cow and a coney dog all day long. <laughs> but I think if we want to remain to be the number one pizza company in the world and in every neighborhood, we've got to get a refocus on rim size portion placement bake. 
we've got to understand that great food is not going to separate us from the competition. Great food is the cost of admission to this game called pizza. Pause there for our listeners. Some of you are going to be like, I already make great pizzas. My team make great pizzas. I don't need to listen to this episode. I'm going to fast forward. Oh, but no. But no, don't do that. Because I'm going to take what Sam is about to say and where he's going with it and modify it to whatever it is that's going on in your store. Because Sam, to your point, I don't think it's a pizza problem. Okay. The pizza is just a symptom. Oh, I like where you're going. As usual, um, the turn is exciting across four lanes of highway. Uh, but the direction you're about to go in, I think I know where you're going and I like it a lot. We have a problem with pizza because we don't have the tools in place or the training in place that everyone on the team can grade it, can vocalize when it's incorrect. This can be said for image. It can be said for service. It can be said for training. If we don't have the tools in place for the team to use, I can't begin to tell you how many times I don't find pizza grading tools in stores. But it's the same amount of times where the image poster is in the weirdest, dumbest spot in the store. And it's the same amount of times where food isn't counted correctly. And it's the same amount of times where driver bags aren't clean. What you're getting to is that symptom, right? As the consumer, it's terrible because the consumer gets to see what the symptom is and has no idea what the problem is. But I think, Sam, what you and I can say is that the problem is if we step back, we can see that we don't have the tools, the communication ability, or the basic training to accomplish what it is that we've set out for, whether it's great product, great image, or great service. How's that for a left-hand turn from the right-hand lane? You know, I think that this is a much better path than uh, you and I talked about in our four and a half hours of rigorous show prep. Uh, so amazing. Huge script. Could be a movie. To your... <laughs> Probably will be. It's uh, Dumb, and, Dumb and Dumber 3, the pizza saga. Hey, we, uh, you know, in my, in one of my leadership workshops, I show a, a clip of uh, Colin Powell, the uh, former secretary of state, four-star general. And in that, he's talking about the importance of leadership. And one of the things he says, and I quote, is prepare the followers. Don't give them a job if you're not going to give them the resources. And, you know, that goes directly to what you just said. We've got to make sure that the resources are in the store. And I think the next step is equally as important. And that's, we've got to make sure that they understand how to use the resources. You know, I was in our local hardware store this morning in Hackney's and I saw some of these amazing tools and I thought, oh man, I, I, I need that tool. And then I thought, and then what are you going to do with it? Cause you don't know how to use it. You know, to your point of pizza grading school, tools not being in restaurants. I've been in restaurants where there has been a pizza grading tool. People don't know how to use it or there is an image poster. And like you said, it's in some crazy corner or it's hidden by empty dough trays and, and nobody's reading it. I think what's happening to us is we're, we're getting lost in the illusion that communication has taken place. Now, let me say that again. We're getting lost in the illusion that communication has taken place because we have dropped off a tool at the restaurant or not. And then we've posted a poster of how to use it instead of training people how to use it and then having them do a teach back. You know, you're right. This pizza thing is a symptom. Somebody out of uniform is a symptom. 
somebody not keeping the store clean is a symptom. We've got to get down to the root cause. And, you know, I was with my good friend, Spencer Luke in Honolulu last week, and he kept quoting you from one of the previous podcasts. And he, you know, every time we were in a restaurant and I was trying to get him to ask more questions and go fishing and find out what the root cause was, he looked at me and he says, you mean like Drew said, we can't just fix the problem. We have to solve the problem. And I was like, oh, dang, you were listening to the podcast. So Spencer, you're getting a shout out there, man. Aloha and uh, mahala for uh, listening to the podcast. That's amazing. But yeah, Drew, it, people are getting it. And I think that, you know, like we talked about in that rigorous four and a half hours of show prep, we've talked about these basic things a lot, but these basic things are the foundation for everything else that's bright and shiny and sexy. If we can't provide our teams with the resources and we don't show them how to use them, then they're not going to be able to make pizzas. They're not going to be able to be an image and they're not going to keep clean restaurants, which means we're not going to be successful. This week I was out in stores and I watched a assistant manager and assistant manager and assistant manager. Um, make a Brooklyn pizza, not from a small dough, but from a medium patty. And I said, why are you doing that? And her response was, because whenever I make it from a small, it always gets holes in it, it always sticks. And I end up doing a remake or two. And so over the last couple of months, I've just stopped doing the remakes and I just make it out of medium. I'm like, cool. So then show me how you make it out of small. And what she was doing was making a regular pizza. She was forming a rim. She was stretching mostly with her palm. And well, no kidding. Like technique is different. So I show her a different technique and she makes this Brooklyn and it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. A little tiny bit of shrinkage, right? But, but absolutely amazing. It was probably a perfect 13 and a half inch pizza. No holes, even bake. Awesome. So I have a little bit of fun since I'm, I'm in um, the, the group chat. I stretch one myself and I take a picture of it and, and Sam, to your point, when I put the picture up and I'm like, tell me what kind of crust this is. Sam, if I'm asking what kind of crust, give me a couple examples of what would an, an, a, a potential range of correct answers be. Because it's just crust. There's no sauce, no sauce, no cheese. Hand tossed, Brooklyn. Um, that's where I, where I end, I think. Maybe size. You might say a medium hand toss. You might say a large hand toss. I can't begin to tell you how many people said remake. There's no sauce on it. There's no cheese on it. And when pressed for why is it a remake? The answer was edge was rolled there. It looks thin. Dude, it wasn't thin. Like, like this pizza was perfect, but it's, it's, it's that. Um, you know, when you show you, when you're doing a class and you put the pizza up on the screen, everybody goes remake and you're like, it's a great, they're so overly critical of other people's stuff. But at that moment of choice, and this is where I was getting to with this at the moment of choice, I'm going to say it's, it's fine because the delivery needs to go out. I'm going to say that the image is okay because I need the opening driver. I'm going to say the food is close enough because I can correct it tomorrow. I'm going to say the store is clean enough because nobody looks under the make line. But all of those things lead to something so much worse later on. So it's that moment of choice thing. Like we can talk about tools and training and resources, but at the moment of choice, 
you can have all the tools and all the training and all the resources at the moment of choice. If your choice is the easy path instead of the correct path, you're actually picking these so much harder path because now you're going to have to correct image on everybody. Now you're going to have to correct pizzas all the time. Now you're going to have to weigh every topping all the time because nothing's getting counted correct. Like, like there's all these other things you add to your workload because at that moment of choice, you chose what is easy at the moment to be so much harder later. It's almost like we were in the same place last week because I had a similar situation. And um, just to remind you, we weren't. I was in Cleveland and you were in Hawaii. They're vastly different. Yeah, I was, uh, I was in Hawaii. So I was doing a high-performance general manager class with uh, Mike, Mike Rompel's team in Hawaii. And um, shout out to that team, just an amazing group. And we were doing some pizza grading. When I do pizza grading in high-performance general manager class, I always set it up like it's going to be an opportunity for us to align on rim size, portion placement, and bake. And that is not the intent of the exercise at all. So you got 14 people around a pizza, you open the box, you grade it. And almost always it's seven cells, seven remakes, almost always. And at the end of grading five pizzas and all of them are half and half, unless I've instructed the store to do something horribly wrong so I can show them how to use the pizza grading tool. We get into exactly what you're talking about in this moment of choice. I think at the moment of choice, what a lot of our leaders are doing is falling into situational ethics. They are looking at the situation around them and deciding exactly what their level of standards is going to be. And we said earlier that Domino's Pizza is a restaurant, a restaurant who serves food. But Domino's Pizza is also a brand. And in fact, we're a global brand, the number one pizza brand in the world. And a brand is a promise of consistency. So a 14-inch Brooklyn pizza should be made from a 10-inch dough, whether you're in Cleveland, Hawaii, Michigan, California, or Nebraska. And because it is stuck before, because it shrinks, doesn't mean that you, Bob Pizza Maker, get to change the recipe. The recipe is the recipe. And a brand is a promise of consistency. And we've got to understand what our brand standards are. And we've got to understand our recipes and we've got to follow them until the sign in front of the restaurant says Drew's Pizza. Drew has to follow the recipe. It's just the way it is. I guess it would say Drew's Pizza and Brewery, if we're being honest. There, there you go. I mean, we've got to stop doing what's easy for us. Because if it was easy, anybody could do it. And I've said it, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times. When it comes to leadership, it's not easy. It's not fair and it's not for everyone. If you've chosen that it's for you, then you are the keeper of the standards and you've got to make pizzas the way they're supposed to be made. And you've got to have your team in image the way the standards say. And Drew, I think if you and I were sitting around with one of your with one of your home brews, enjoying a cigar around your smoker, we could go through the standards and probably each point out three or four standards that we think are, for lack of a better term, stupid. But once we put on a uniform and we walk into the restaurant, we don't talk about which standards we don't like. We enforce all of the standards because the sign says Domino's Pizza, and that's what you've signed up for. You don't get to pick and choose which standards you're going to follow. So, you know, the root cause of this image service training product is absolutely 
once again, leadership and what you decide to do in that moment of choice. And do you have situational ethics or not? And if you do, you're barking up the wrong tree. You know, Sam, it's, it's interesting that you put it that way because I totally had this fabulous thought and it just completely popped right out of my head and just left completely 100% totally just left. It's I'm gone. Good. I'm good like that. I know. Sorry, brother. The situational ethics. I, I really like that phrase because we, we do that sometimes in our own lives and we don't even realize it. Right. Like, Let's let's be real for a second. Most folks, if the speed limit is 55, are not doing 55. That is correct. You're doing you're doing what you believe is allowable. Sometimes it's just keeping up with traffic and sometimes it's seven miles an hour. And when you're on I-80 in Ohio with a Michigan plate, it is exactly the speed limit. That is also correct. <laughs> Apparently, people from Ohio don't like us. Yeah, that that's a thing. It's fine. That's because the Jets whooped up. But that's a different story for a different day. Last two minutes of a game was amazing. Um, but that's not what you're listening to this for. Look at your team. Think of how you behave. Think of when you choose to do things. Uh, I'm going to share a story that I don't think Anthony would be upset about. We had a manager's meeting uh, last week. And for those of you that don't know, Anthony Satterwhite is a fiend on image that is his non-negotiable yes it is black pants black shoes non-slip two buttons buttoned on the shirt hat no visor full image all the time we're in a meeting full image you're in your car full image if you're on the clock full image so we have our first manager meeting our second manager meeting i'm sorry with me here the second one and the first one we didn't have everybody show up we had folks late we had folks out of image and we kind of just rolled with it this one i'm looking around i'm like nah so your friend and mine, Adolfo, did the cheer. And then I looked at the GMs and I said, how many of you are late? And they raised their hands. I said, cool, go home. Like we started at 11 o'clock. You showed up at 11.02, 11.03, 11.05, go home. Right. How many of you are out of image? There were a couple that were still seated. I'm like, if you're wearing Birkenstocks right now, you're out of image. If you're wearing athletic shorts, you're out of image. Stand up. And they stood up. I'm like, go home. Unless you can change it right now. If your hat is in the car and you can go get your hat, you can come back in. Otherwise, go home. I ended up with five managers in my manager meeting. If I'm willing to do that for managers, for leaders in a store to prove to them that this is what matters, you and your stores need to do the same. If you ever call your supervisor or your franchisee and are like, I don't have a lunch driver because I sent them home to get clean pants, clean shirt, a belt. No one should ever get upset at that ever. Because to Sam's point, you're not running with situational ethics. You're running by standards and you're making that choice. At the moment of choice. But Drew, but Drew, but Drew, if I do that, they're going to quit. Yeah, they, they've already quit on you. They're already half an employee. They're already not on your team. That's the thing here, right? They've got to be on your team. So at the moment of choice, if you choose to uphold your standards, I'm going to go sport ball for a second. It, it doesn't matter what you think of the New York Yankees. They have an image that they uphold. And everyone knows what that image is for the Yankees. There's no beards. There's no hair to the collar. Sounds kind of familiar. There's shirts tucked in for a while that you couldn't have gold chains. Some of the pitchers would put them under and they'd like come out when they're pitching. But, but like, like they have this set of standards and as the baseball players, they knew what the set of standards were. 
the whatever, 20 years ago, Johnny Damon goes from the Boston Red Sox to the Yankees. And Johnny Damon was called Johnny Jesus because he had flowing locks. locks. Oh yeah. The, the, the four or five inch beard, like, like one hairy dude, it had to slow him down on the base paths. It had to create drag. There was so much hair, but it looked so good. It did though. And his first day as a Yankee, he comes out for his press conference, hairs cut, no beard, no mustache. He knew what the deal was. I don't think we do that. But moment of choice, Sam, isn't on day five. It isn't on day six. It isn't six months in. That moment of choice is at the interview. It starts on the phone call. Why do you do an interview with somebody that shows up 10 minutes late? Send them home. If they can't be on time for the interview, the first impression, they're never going to be on time later. You choose your moment of choice where it is. Don't let your team choose your moment of choice. Yeah, I think that's really important. Let's pivot one more time and then we'll wrap this up. So the late for an interview, I am almost completely with you. I think if they show up late and you say to them, we were scheduled at 10 a.m. It's 10.05. I want to let you know that punctuality is really important to me. And if you're ever going to be late, if I do decide to offer you a position, I need a phone call. Are you okay with that? To me, in today's hiring world, and I, and I get a feel like they get it, I think I would give them a second chance on the interview. I like what you said about the manager's meeting. Absolutely. They're, they're already employed by us. We should have set clear-cut expectations. I think in the world we're at... If we're interviewing somebody that's had a job in the past, I think there's a realistic chance that they worked for a leader that was just happy that they showed up. And now they've somewhat been programmed to think that's okay. I mean, if I'm being honest, my hiring practices have changed quite a bit over the last two years. Things that I never would have put up with 10 years ago, I'm willing to explain a little bit more now and give them the opportunity albeit keep them on a very short leash. If I'm going to offer them an opportunity and they're going to be on my team, they have to earn that opportunity. And I'm going to make sure they understand what the expectations are. But if they're five minutes late for the interview, first of all, I mean, I I think you're well aware of this too. The fact that they showed up puts them ahead of about 50% of our candidates. But they've got to understand that this can't happen all the time. And that this will be the last time. Here's here's where like like we're we're walking on a line, right? Yeah, absolutely. If it's my team and they report to me, I'm doing exactly what you say. If I'm hiring an assistant manager for someone else's team, I can't because now I'm 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 putting the GM in a spot where situational ethics may come in. Now, I would love it if folks were only five minutes late. Sure. We had we had an assistant manager candidate 22 minutes late for an interview this week. That's unacceptable without a phone call. Nope. Yeah. No communication. We had one that was 10 minutes late and communicated with us an hour ahead of time. I'm so terribly sorry. Yada, yada, yada. Fine. Yeah. That's a we pass. Did the interview. That's, that's absolutely. Yep. Come on. when you can, thank you for communicating. Yep. I just, yep. I, I guess the real, the reason why I wanted to pivot and, and kind of pivot. hit this. Yeah. Pivot. Thank you, Ross. Yeah, you're welcome. Is that I, I just want to make sure that people don't think that Drew and Sam are sitting in their offices and they were completely disconnected with what's happening in the world because I don't think we are. I, I think we're very well connected and we, we work very hard to stay connected with what y'all are dealing with out there. 
I think the point we want to make is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Drew, but the point that we want to make is that we're seeing far too many people just be glad that people are showing up whenever they want. And then they're wondering why the track or the train gets so far off the track down the road. I think there's, I think there's a place for some understanding and some reiterating what your full-fledged expectations are the first time they aren't met, including the first interview. But that doesn't mean that that's what you're going to allow. And you absolutely have to talk about it if you're going to allow them to continue the interview. It should be one of the first things out of your mouth. Oh, and uh, just as a follow-up, I had 29 assistant managers at two separate meetings this week and no one was late and no one got thrown out for image. And that's what happens, right? You draw the line in the sand when somebody sticks a toe over it and they will. You just say, no, the line is here. You get back on your side. And this is how we do business here. Off. And for goodness Top sake. Top the toe off. Top the toe off. Top the toe off. <laughs> no. Toe cross the line. No. Just push the toe back. No. Just let them. Just let, okay. No, no chopping of toes. No. Okay. No, okay. thank you. I just, I just wanted to see where it was that you would start listening to me saying chop the toe off. Okay. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) And now we're even because I had a train of thought that you just completely derailed, but that's, but that's okay. So, Hey, uh, uh, let's land this plane. This has been episode 56, 57, 58, or 59. You choose. Uh, I'm Sam with Fowler consulting. I think I'm drew with better than yesterday consulting. And uh, man, we love it when you listen to these episodes. And I will tell you, I don't know about you, Drew, but I'm getting more and more in-person feedback about the podcast. And that just warms the cockles of my heart. I'm not sure what a cockle is in your heart, but uh, wherever it is, it's warm. And if you'd like these cockle region, (laughs) if you like these uh, follow and, you know, do all those things, leave us some comments. And of course, if you post us a picture on any of the socials that you have followed, I'll send you a wonderful Drew and Sam Talk training hat pin. Um, and hey, we hit a milestone on followers last week. I think I sent you that text. I was pretty stoked. Yes, I know. It's amazing. Yeah. Huge yeah, fan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're fast approaching another milestone for, for downloads. So thank you so much if you're listening and share them with your friends. We'd love to see those numbers get get bigger and bigger and bigger um as always go out and sell more pizza and have more fun that's all folks